Welcome to the first episode of the Dashing Galoot podcast. In this, and hopefully many more episodes, I'll be talking about a classic book interspersed with jokes and stories, because, of course, what would a Dashing Galoot podcast be without jokes and stories? Today I'll be talking about Henry David Thoreau's book, Walden, and how its message of minimalism can still impact us today. I'll be talking about my inability to build a house, my craving for beard oil, and when it's right to only eat your favorite pizza. So, Walden, what is this book? It's a classic book written by Henry David Thoreau in the mid-1800s, and in it, he goes out into the woods and tries to discover what life would be like for him if he tried to live on his own independently by himself for two years. So he spends two years out in the woods and he writes this book, Walden, sort of as a journal of his experiences. And I kind of like this book, but at times it kind of feels a little bit boring because I'd compare it to a walk in the woods, per se. You're there, you're wandering around, it's beautiful, it's gorgeous, but you're not really entirely sure why you're in the woods other than that it's beautiful and gorgeous. Because sometimes you're just wandering around a little bit and seeing what's under this leaf. Why is that caterpillar climbing up the tree? What if I squished him? And maybe you don't have such violent sub-thoughts as I do, but Henry David Thoreau writes this book and it seems to wander around. You don't really know why you are where you are. Like, why are you cutting holes in the ice just for no reason? Yeah, but it it ends up in a good place. There's five key things that Henry David Thoreau highlights in this book. The first one is independence. He thinks really highly of independence. Um, And he seems to think that this is something that every guy should experience for himself. And that's why part of the, that's one of the biggest reasons why he takes himself out into the woods is to go experience that total independence, not relying on anyone else for food he grows his own potatoes he just buys like a little bit of rice and then eventually he realizes he doesn't even need that and he doesn't rely on other people for shelter he builds his own house and he doesn't rely on other people for entertainment he just goes on four to five hour walks and overall he's just living a very independent lifestyle and I think this is one of the points that I disagree with him most on, like considering I'm a communications major, okay? I like spending time with other people. I like to some extent relying on them for entertainment and I need to rely on them for a lot of other things. I can't build a house by myself like Thoreau did. I'm just not capable of that. No matter how many YouTube videos I decided to watch, I would probably accidentally in the middle of the night as I'm walking out of my house to use the bathroom, kick the wall and then it would fall on me and I would be crushed and I'd be crying, help, help, in the middle of the woods and nobody would hear me because I can't successfully be independent on myself in the woods. Now maybe that's a little bit of the slippery slope fallacy, but I don't think it would go very well for me if I tried to live for two years in the woods by myself. Not everyone can have the same kind of independence that Thoreau has in this book. And you know, that's okay. He showed me by writing this book that I don't necessarily want that lifestyle. It's not the best to never rely on other people. Like God gave us people 
to rely on because that's one of the greatest blessings that we have speaking as a communications major of course but the second point that Thoreau makes that I think is really important is how much we value doing things because we've always done them that way versus doing them for aesthetic motivation habit versus aesthetic motivation Thoreau hates doing things because of habit he doesn't walk in the same footprints in the snow that he's walked in before just because he doesn't want to settle into habit or he does and then he just is hates himself for it yeah it's not really that healthy of a thing like what's really the issue with walking in the same steps in the snow it doesn't seem like that big of a problem of a habit but Thoreau feels really bad about it he thinks you should be doing things for this higher purpose for a larger motivation than just this is what we've always been doing and i think he has a really good point there um i think that doing things for habit can sometimes just make you keep doing the same bad things over and over again but it's also very useful i used the power of habits to start trying to be able to do the splits um I'm not about to like subject myself to the intense agony in my hamstrings that I feel every night when I try to do the splits if I don't make that habit. Like some nights I'm just going to decide this isn't for me. I just don't want to do it tonight. But I wouldn't be as close as I am, which is not that close. I'd say about 3 inches off the ground from doing the splits if I didn't make this into a habit because most nights I would just not want to go through that pain. And Thoreau seems to discount the value of habits because he doesn't seem to realize that maybe when you have a particular goal to achieve aside from just this aesthetic motivation that he relies on habits can be really useful but on the other hand i do think that there's something to be said for just appreciating the natural beauty of things and doing things for higher motives but i think that In my opinion, the Thoreau kind of underlies the modern obsession, you might say, with experiencing things, like doing something just to experience it because it's not something you've done before. Like in reality, what is the benefit of experiencing things? It depends what you're experiencing. Like if you're experiencing a new restaurant, how does that really like do anything in your life? Versus maybe if you're traveling to another country, Sure, you're having new experiences, but that's helping you grow and have bigger perspectives and realize that there's other cultures in the world other than ours. So I do think that he does have some merit to his argument here that aesthetic motivations are important, but you know, he, he doesn't need to hate on habits as much as he does. Third important point that Thoreau makes is the beauty of the overlooked. I think I mentioned this to some extent before but he does some really strange things just because he appreciates the inherent beauty of nature like he spent a whole day on the lake just chasing a loon around but the loon would dive underwater swim around he couldn't see the loon at all while it's underwater and then pop up and he thought the loon was laughing at him i think he was just making normal loon noises but he thought the loon was laughing at him and then he would go chase it over the loon would dive underwater it would go pop up somewhere far away Thoreau would try to guess where it was going to pop up, but he would always be wrong. And he did this like for an entire day. And he thought, this is great sport. I just love chasing loons around the lake. 
Well, I'm pretty sure Thoreau was the real loon in this circumstance, but it's just, it's kind of funny, but it also shows how intensely into appreciating overlooked things Thoreau was. For example, this other time, he decided to just cut holes in the lake to try to figure out how deep the lake was. So the lake was frozen over, it was iced, and he cut 100 holes in the lake and measured how far it was from to the bottom of the lake from each of those holes. And then he made a map of the entire bottom of the lake and calculated where the deepest part of the lake was. And then he doesn't say that he did anything with that map. He just said that he enjoyed making it and spending a whole day, probably really cold, out on the lake, um, on the ice. He dropped some things in the ice too, he said. So he apparently sacrificed some of his materials into the depths of the water. And for what purpose? just to have this map and know where the deepest part of the lake was. So he doesn't always have like higher purposes. He just does things because he thinks it's cool. He thinks it's pretty. And to some extent, I appreciate that. Like he can find enjoyment in the smallest things. He doesn't need a phone or social media or even books or movies or games to entertain him. He can just be out in nature and he would be happier than a three-year-old child with a bucket of candy. I just made that metaphor up right now. I thought it was pretty good, but that's how easy Thoreau is to entertain, and I kind of envy him that. Like, he just seemed free of all entertainment addictions, you know? He could just be himself and be happy. On the other hand, Sometimes I kind of felt like he needed to get a life and actually do something. But, you know, he was making this book. To some extent, he did more than I have ever done in my life in making this famous book that stood the test of time and still exists today. So I think he does, he's clearly doing something right, just appreciating life. And it makes me want to copy some aspects of him. He would take like four to five hour walks every day which is insane. Like, that's really long. He would do it in the middle of winter when it was freezing cold in Massachusetts and just wander the wilderness. You're just living in a shack in the woods. Obviously, you have plenty of time to burn. But he does it, he spends it by taking walks, which I think is really cool because it just allows your mind to wander and allows you to just think about what's going around around you and just be present and i think all of us could use a little bit more of that maybe just the exercise and the being outside part but also just allowing our minds to relax and just think about whatever's on our minds at the time so that's number three is the beauty of the overlook number four is cutting everything away to see what has to stay so that was sort of the basic premise of thoreau's adventure into the woods what can I live without? Like, do I need a nice house? Do I need to eat something different every day? Do I need people to be living around me all the time? Do I need that companionship? And Thoreau basically found out he needed basically none of that. And now this made him start to think that maybe other people also didn't need a lot of that. So he's like, philanthropy? who needs that? We don't need to give to the poor. They should just be happy living as meagerly as I do. And, you know, I don't really stand by that. I think like children need a little bit more than he was subsisting on, but he does have a point. We need a lot less 
to live and to be happy than we currently have. Like, I think of all the things that I could model him with doing. Like, I could eat the same thing for every meal every day. And I would probably be happy. You know, I mean, I have sandwiches every day for lunch. I could just make the other meals the same thing every day. And I would probably be happy too. Like maybe not as happy as I am, but then like it's one less thing to think about. One less thing to think like in the grocery store, this is what I'm going to get. And then where could I put that energy elsewhere? Into writing a book as superb as Walden? Into turning the Dash and Galoot into the modern equivalent of the American classic like Thoreau's Walden? Who knows? If only I redirected that intellectual thought. There's just so many other things that I could easily do without, but I think I really need. Like a couple months ago, I saw a blog post like promoting beard oil. And you know, I don't really need beard oil, but I thought I did. I thought, I'm going to make my beard so smooth, so silky, and so delicate. I'm going to be the most suave beard wearer around. And so I really craved some beard oil. And I thought, I'll just wait it out. Maybe I'll get it for Christmas. And then I'll just slather that beard oil on and get this soft, soft beard. And you know what? I didn't. I didn't get beard oil. And, you know, it's for the best because I don't need a soft, silky, delicate beard. Like, I need it to be rough and manly and powerful. No, (laughs) that's not really what I mean. I just... Like, that's not a qualification. People aren't feeling my beard all the time. And, like, even I don't really care how my beard feels. It's just, like, something that society and advertisements and consumerism convinced me that I needed. Maybe that's going a little too far. But beard oil, I don't need that. But I thought I did. Like, I kind of really wanted that. And Thoreau's point is that you don't really need any of that. You could do with so much less than you have right now and still be happy. So great point, Thoreau, great point. And the last point he has is how powerful exploration is. And Thoreau, like I said, he just goes on those walks. He just does random things for his own pure entertainment. I mean, he seems to value exploration just for the sake of exploration. Like, he doesn't even care what he finds out or what purpose that learning is serving. He just likes to discover what's in his environment. And he really enjoys that. And good for him. But I think he has something wrong there. Because exploration is not good in and of itself. Learning is not good in and of itself. It has to serve some greater end. Otherwise, why are you exploring? Why are you learning? To find out new things that can be applied to higher goals. Unlike Thoreau seems to think, they're not goods in and of themselves. But I do see where he's coming from because, like I said before, with the experiencing things sort of thing, like I've, like I've heard this perspective a lot of times before. It's kind of a natural thing to think that learning is an end in and of itself. But consider this. So I read, I read a book a few months ago about how algorithms can revamp the basic decisions in your life. And one of those thoughts was 
exploration versus exploitation. Which, what balance should you have of those? And you might be thinking, what? Why do I need any exploitation in my life? Give me a chance uh, to explain this. It'll make sense eventually. So you have to think, how much time am I going to find discovering new options? And how much time am I going to spend just enjoying the best of those options? That's what the exploitation part means. Not like going out and stealing stuff from people or paying your workers not enough money. No, that's not the exploitation we're talking about. Like if you're leaving a city soon and you want to try the best restaurants, how much time are you going to spend checking out new restaurants before you finally just start going to the best restaurants that you've already been to just to enjoy them before you leave? That's the idea with exploration versus exploitation. And Thoreau seems to think that it should all be exploration. You should never use that knowledge. You should just keep exploring over and over and over again. Like to move this example farther, imagine I'm at a pizza bar. There's 10 pizzas there. They're all different. I've never had any of them before, but this tyrannical dictator is like guarding the pizzas. And he says, this is the last day of your life that you can ever have pizza. Okay, and I'm looking at him like, this is terrible. You're taking pizza away from me for the rest of my life. I need to gorge myself and stuff myself with the best pizza possible, except I've never had any of these pizzas before. So I don't know which ones of them are good. So I need to find the best ones and then enjoy them as much as possible. And say I had a big breakfast that morning. I can't eat that much pizza, only like 10 and a half slices. So at what, so I, I could try all of the pizzas once, but then that only leaves me another half slice to go back to the one that I thought was best. So how many pizzas do I try before I just start enjoying the ones I like the best? Not 10. I'm not going to try all of them. Maybe five, maybe six. And then like the last four or five pieces of pizza, I can just enjoy the best ones. But I'm not going to like, what if the last one is shrimp anchovy with barbecue sauce on it like that would be garbage i would not want to try that but i might end up doing it so i got to find the best ones that's how this exploration versus exploitation dichotomy sort of works and thoreau would just go try one of each kind of pizza and say yeah man it was a good experience i enjoyed all the different pizzas or maybe he hated all of the pizzas i don't know did thoreau even eat pizza dubious but He's wrong because you got to use that knowledge for something. At a certain point, you got to stop learning as much at least and just start using that knowledge, putting it into practice. You can only wander around cutting holes into the ice of a lake for so long before life will catch up to you. And you got to tell them, this is why I was cutting holes into the lake. You know, that, that kind of went off on a tangent and it didn't make that much sense. But you know what I'm saying? Exploration is not good in and of itself. You got to use it for something. So essentially, this book, it gets a little random. Sometimes you're wondering, where are you going with this, Thoreau? And usually he's not going anywhere except back to his dismal cabin in the woods to relax and apparently sweep the wasps out because he just let as many wasps as he want, as wanted to live in his house, live in his house. And he would only sweep their dead bodies out. Anyways, he'll yeah, it's, it's, it's a good book. You should check it out. Um, and he actually is pretty inspiring. It's a radical way to live. 
and it seems like it lies behind a lot of society's choices today. So check it out and make sure to check out the other articles on the Dashing Galoot. Ta-ta for now.